I'm going to kill Geo. I swear to God. Uh, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. <laughs> I mean, three days in 2020. I mean, that's uh, basically what's going on here. We last spoke to you on Thursday night. We got off the air at 10 p.m. And then uh, on Friday, we, um, we had to take the day off. And I guess it was, what, Friday at about 1 in the morning? I woke up about 1.30, 1.45 in the morning to see the president's tweet that him and the first lady had um, contracted coronavirus. And we haven't spoken since then. And, and within that time, he contracted coronavirus. Him, the first lady, uh, senators, a lot, bunch of, bunch of Mike people. Lee, Mike Kaylee Lee, Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany this morning. Uh, he went to Walter Reed. Harry texts me, says, though, they're taking him to Walter Reed. And I said, oh, man, that can't be good. Of course, I was kind of out of hand at the time. I wasn't really following what was going on. But he went to Walter Reed, and they were extremely aggressive with him, which we'll get into here tonight. And uh, lots happened. And now CNN's just melting tonight <laughs> because this is what happened about an hour ago. Cut six, G. Roll that. Here's the president leaving Walter Reed this evening after being treated for three intense days. I'll just listen to the uh, idiot media here. Mr. President, how many staff are sick? How many of your staff are sick? Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you think you might be a super spreader, Mr. President? Oh my, are you serious? Yeah. A super spreader? You no, but you are of manure. Verbal <laughs> manure. Oh my God. Yeah. There you go. See that? See that? He so, just did Morse code. So he uh, went to Marine One and uh, from there went back to the White House and uh, got off Marine One at the White House, went upstairs and watched Marine One take off, and then went into the residence. So, I mean, I mean, just apoplectic is um, Brian Stetler over there at CNN and everybody else. I Be- thought that was high-pitched Eric. That, wasn't, that was Brian Stetler? Yeah. That, that voice. And what they're, uh, you know what they're really upset about is the fact that he actually walked out. Let's just <laughs> oh, yeah. call it like it is. Yep. Yeah. Let's just oh. call it like it is. That's what they're upset about. They're upset that he actually walked out of the building. Pound the likes and the shares, and let's get us going through this algorithm, guys. Um, that's what the media is upset about. Um, among it's, it's amazing now. We know a couple things here to review the weekend. Things that have stuck out to me. The media is now all for the defund the police thing must be over now because now they're all into law enforcement. (laughs) So that's got to be over. They're all into law enforcement and they're all into, they must all really like the president a lot more now because they want to know everything they got. They got to know every nook and cranny about everything that's happened. And, uh, I'm waiting. Of course, the doctor's not going to do that because, well, he's, you know, he's a doctor, but I, if it was me, I'd say, Oh, well, it's good to know you guys have so much interest in it. I thought you all hated them. Wish them dead. <laughs> you want to know what is this looks like? What does scans look like? What does that looks like? 
So it's a, so that's number one and number two. Obviously, they're much, they're very into um, they're very into supporting and, and making sure the Secret Service is all. So the same people who we've been watching as police get brutally attacked, defund the police all over the country, rioting all over the country, all of this, not a word from any of them. They throw in with them, as a matter of fact. Because the president got in a hermetically sealed um, car (laughs) with Secret Service agents who are around him all the time. More were they up in arms about that. Man, were they up in arms about that. Then still are. Did you see any of it, Rick? Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a, an amazing amount of hypocrisy that it just unfolds. And, and you sit there and you watch it, you're like, I, I can't, what do you even say? And then, of course, if you go on social media, oh, my goodness, it's amazing how many um, epidemiologists I'm friends with on Facebook now. They know everything. You never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. They know everything about the treatments, what's going on. They they know about, you know, they know more about this patient they've never seen than the doctors that are treating him do. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep, and now uh, they're very much into, um, they're back into law enforcement, so that's good to know. Oh, yeah, because now they're worried about the health of the Secret Service agents, because, oh, my goodness, how could he do this to those people? (laughs) Shut up! All these same people for months, as we see the streets around the country go up in flames. Not a word from any of them. As police are getting brutalized, attempted assassinations in California, uh, Portland, the Chaz, Minnesota City Council there wants to defund the, the police entirety. A billion dollars taken away from the New York City Police Department. Some Not a the, word from any of them. All of a sudden now. Some of them are getting docs, having their home addresses revealed. Some are being attacked, you know, at their homes. It's just, it's sickening. And this, but this is the media. They play into it. They drum it up. It's good for ratings, Damon. It's good for ratings. We if, need ratings. If, if this was President Obama and he got in that car to go wave to supporters who had traveled from all over the country to come there, the, Brian Stetler would have been crying. He would have hooked up a, <laughs> an, a, an IV to pump him out of his fresh, clean blood. Just <laughs> he would have cried on air. Oh, you're yeah. going to be okay, Obama. They would have most of them. Some of them would have literally cried on the on TV. They would have cried, shed tears for you to actually see. On what a had, moment it it would have been. Yeah, they would have had chills running up their legs. Yes. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my goodness! How could he look? He's such a brave man. Yes. Shut up. Yes. Look at him. Meanwhile, he treated the Secret Service probably as probably as bad as anyone any president in in modern times and. By the way, his wife was worse than him. So, I mean, and then all we'd be hearing, oh, look at the care for the Secret Service. And they had him in PPE. And look how uh, they took time, sat him in the front, put the plat. I mean, but no, this one, oh, my God, these guys are going to kill him. <laughs> they make it sound like you have a 50% chance of living if you catch this thing. And everybody knows it's like a little bit more than that. What is it? Like 99.7% chance Even at his of recovery? Age, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like 95% at 70 or over. Everybody, mostly it's about 99.96% survival rate. Secret Service age. I felt, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, um, 
Yeah, and that's with comorbidities. They're, they're they're Secret Service agents. Like this is kind of <laughs> what they do. You're not worried about Their him taking job. a bullet, <laughs> right? Don't care about that. He may that. sneeze. <laughs> oh, wait! Oh my God! Does Dan Bongino have the sniffles? It's in the job description. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing I noticed, and I don't, not many places have picked up on this, but I, <laughs> I have. Um, uh, Crazy Town 126, G, I've noticed here, and I don't know if you've picked up on this, but the president obviously went to Walter Reed. And I'm thinking to myself, um, as he was leaving and thinking about three days at Walter Reed and listening to the doctors, I, I had such a tremendous amount of pride, I have to say, um, when he was first there, the first time the doctors came out, um, I had a tr- an overwhelming, tremendous amount of pride in watching these doctors come out and talk about everything that they had access to, that they were giving our president to make sure that he would survive this, everything that the president's busted his hump for and the administration has, and all these places he's brought private-public partnerships together to get these therapies in warp speed time. And here he is now with the virus, and here's this team of brilliant doctors doing and giving everything they can to make sure he'd get through it. I had an enormous amount of just pride watching that first time the doctors came out. But I also got to think, man, they've really, um, they've really stepped up things at Walter Reed as far as how they treat people, because this was the last thing we heard about how Walter Reed um, you know, treated patients here. 126, G, roll it. And I had a nurse at, at uh, <laughs> nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear, go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move <laughs> and get, get me moving. So they've, uh, they've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've really stepped up the science behind the blowing of the nostrils yeah, now. They've really, uh, they've really stepped it up there at Walter Reed yeah. on how they treat patients. <laughs> <laughs> they've gotten out of, hey, go get him some pillows and let's blow in his nostrils. <laughs> yeah, they've really stepped it up there. That is some high-tech medicine right there. Yeah. So um, yeah, now, now they blow in his ears as well. So <laughs> they really they co- they cover the whole head. Yeah. So that was Joe's experience at Walter Reed. So the president <laughs> got well much better care. <laughs> I, I, I think Trump has better doctors. Yeah, I think Trump has better doctors and nurses because we didn't. He didn't. He didn't ask any of them to go get him a pillow or blow in his nose. So well, he's got the media blowing smoke up his. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, so why not, yeah. Have, why not have the nurses blowing <laughs> yeah. oxygen up yeah. his nose? The media's doing enough of that for uh, for Joe, by the way. So I mean, just it's just laughable. Here's the media. Oh, what's he? We need to know all of his scans. We need to know all of this. Meanwhile, here's Joe walking around in a 24/7 fog, <laughs> clearly <laughs> mentally. Nah, they don't want to know nothing about that. Nothing. Not only that, but okay. So here's a scan. Read it. Uh, 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 they don't know what they're looking at. You could hand them everything and they'd, and they'd be like, I, I got nothing because they wouldn't understand what all the, what all the thing, what everything says on the charts. 
I mean, it's just unbelievable the hypocrisy in the media. It's why everybody hates them. It's just that they're just. <laughs> what is their un- approval rating at eleven percent now? I think it's down to seven. <laughs> I saw it today. It's eleven percent. It's 11%. too high. It's still too high. <laughs> it's too high. I mean, it's like I guess they get over on a lot of people when they when they make these arguments like. Oh, we're, we really need to know what shape he's in. Well, what about, what about the other guy walking around not remembering, can't say the Pledge of Allegiance, can't remember where he is? I mean, I played you thousands of minutes of this guy. Can't complete sentences. They never – nothing. Well, look look no further than that New York Times article with the $750 he paid. You read down that article, and it goes on to say he paid $5 million. But that was what he paid for the extension or something to that effect. And they just – people only read a headline and maybe the first paragraph – and then the reporting happens like 300 words later. <laughs> and everyone just buys it. I mean, it's un- really unbelievable what we've seen these last three days. The behavior we've seen. From the initial wishing them dead place- people, literally wishing them dead. Oh, yeah. I saw that all over it. Oh. Yeah, especially from Hollywood. Nice. R- really upstanding moral citizens there. I mean, just Unbelievable. <laughs> To, to the faux outrage and concern all of a sudden for all the things that they've opposed for months. Oh, now they're into police, you know. <laughs> all right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday, Real America's Voice just getting started. Lots to do, news, sports. We'll get into Gina Haspel. What's going on there? America's Voice on a Monday. Glad you're with us. The 17 past the hour. Lots to do tonight. Uh, working on getting John Solomon on the show. I believe maybe tomorrow night. And um, what, what's he famous for? What's he famous for? Well, yeah. being a, an actual reporter <laughs> for one, being the founder of Just the News. There it is. And um, must must read daily. Yes, it's an absolutely the first place you should go is Just the News. It really is a great site. And uh, we've got three great shows on the network now. We've got uh, Kerry Sheffield uh, with Just the News AM at 9 a.m. every morning. I actually have a clip from her show this morning we're going to use today. Um, She's great. She's got great guests. And then uh, David Brody, I believe at 4 p.m. every day with the water cooler, which I love that name. Um, He had Ted Cruz on. And he asked Ted Cruz about um, Supreme Court... Uh, not Supreme Court Justice, but um, Roberts. And he asked him about Roberts and Roberts' feelings towards the president. I've got a clip of his show today. So we've got great shows coming from, um, from Justin News. And Mr. Solomon himself, I believe, is going to be working towards a Sunday morning show, which, as I said when he announced it, that's like putting a Ferrari in a lineup of uh, broken-down Yugos. <laughs> Much-needed Sunday morning show, someone you can actually watch and to know that he's asking questions to, to get information for you, the viewer. 
not putting his political um, aspirations out there to prove how smart he is, like Chris Wallace did again on Sunday with Steve Cortez. I mean, it's to the point now at Wallace, it's just, I mean... Well, again, I think he's compromised. He knows it. He's trying to solidify his his friends in the right places just in case things happen. Him and D. Lemon should do a show at 10 10 p.m. together called Dumb and Dumber or something. I don't know what it is. I mean, he's just off the rails, this guy. I mean, his his performance on Sunday with Steve Cortez and, and the way he was haranguing him over the masks at the debate why do they think they're better than everybody? I mean, just ask some questions to get get something out of them. You know, just because you don't believe in uh, be making your own de- decisions and, ha- and liberty. And I mean, here's Chris Wallace. He's just throws in with the the New York governor and the just lock everything down again. Everybody for he, he's all for a mass mandate. Chris Wallace, all for it. Yeah, he's all for governors telling you how to live your life. It's just crazy. Well, it, it, he should be in for a muzzle mandate and, and just stuff it because nobody wants to hear him anymore. He he really has lost his um, what do you call it? I, I guess his center position. I think that he he used to enjoy. I, I it's just not there anymore. All right, so let's talk about this because we talked a little bit about it in the break. Paul's got a story, and we've got a chart here to go with it. So um, about these polls because. You know, and I see the I, I watched the debate. We talked about the debate extensively on Thursday and what Biden did. Same thing he did in 2012. We've talked about AFFH, what Biden wants to do to the suburbs. I keep hearing about the president being down with white uh, suburban college educated women in the suburbs. I guess they don't want to have single family housing zoning or they're just not paying attention or they don't believe it. I don't know which or they're not listening. But we've talked about all these things. And I, see, I keep seeing these polls. Wall Street Journal NBC poll comes out. Biden's up 14 nationally, I'm told, as of uh, two days ago, yesterday, whatever it was. And I look at that, and I just go, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. But then I see Rasmussen, who has partnered with John Solomon. And what does he say, Paul? He's got it here. It's, uh, you know, it says that um, Biden now leads Trump by eight percentage points, up two points since last week. Trump's share of independent Voters fell, and his share of rural voters uh, fell um, in half uh, from 32 points to 16 points. So right now he's at 43%, and uh, Sleepy Joe's at 51. There's the chart. If the election for president were held today, for whom would you vote? 43% say the president. 51% say the guy in the padded basement. 3% not sure. The guy who can't complete a sentence. I mean, this is what, like, it makes no sense. It just makes no sense. I've, well, you know, you, got, you got to look at who are they asking this question of. The guy who's got a 110-page manifesto that I've begged you to read, that I've posted, that we've talked about. And those of you I'm preaching to the choir, that I'm fine, but it's the people that I'm not preaching to that you need. What? What am I missing here on these polls? What kind of country do these people want to live in? What's truly stunning to me is that people don't realize how brainwashed they've become. They don't realize how controlled they are by all their confirmation biases through their social media. People don't realize. That's why we all have to constantly check our ideologies and challenge everything, look at everything objectively. But this is crazy how the left is so detached and unhinged 
that they, they wish they would just come out and say, I'm a socialist. I want to see a socialist America, and I'd like it to graduate to some form of totalitarian communism. I mean, if you're you just not, admit it. I mean, right. So if you're not over there on, on just full-blown communism like Paul just describes, which is where their base is at, so, okay, you're not going to get – but if you're somewhat of a moderate kind of down the middle of the road, you're not really sure – you don't like everything about the president. You don't like the way he tweets. Fine. You don't like certain things, but you're not full-blown uh, AOC, Bernie Sanders, communism. How could you? How can those independent voters at this point think that you? There's a reason Joe Biden's not going to tell you whether he's in favor of packing the Supreme Court because he is. He's not going to tell you who we put on the Supreme Supreme yep. Court because they're radicals. He's not going to bring attention, and the media is not going to ask him any questions about AFFH and what he wants to do to the suburbs, because we know what they want to do. But Stanley the, Kurtz wrote about it in National Review. We've told you. And they won't report it because they know that the people in the middle would never go for it. So that's why they just keep hiding it. That's why they keep protecting him. They'll protect him in the next debates with his, with his next partner to debate Trump. I mean, I just can't see how people... I mean... I. This election, what kind of country do you want to live in? I say this is like a broken record, but I mean, you want to keep seeing what you're seeing in the streets of all these major cities and even more so? You think the police are, are, are uh, systemically racist? You think our military is imperialistic? I mean, when you, when you hear the national anthem, do you want to kneel or do you want to put your hand over your heart? Well, I mean, where, what am I missing? You know what? I, I think I, I'm going to jump back to something I've mentioned prior uh, in prior discussions, guys, is that we are hypersensitive to this stuff, right? So when you say, oh, well, you don't see the communism of AOC and Bernie and all this stuff, most people probably don't because they're like, eh, they're not really communists. They That's just, exactly right, they, You know what I mean? So it's almost 100%. like a detachment. Then they look at the cities. It's like, well, it's NIMBY, not in my backyard, so I don't care. You know, um, so I think there's that issue unfortunately that kind of works its way into the thinking of some of these people in the middle but i think when push comes to shove election day they're going to be they're going to be looking long and hard as to Rick. what do i want and, and i think that's where you know the campaign has to really push say this is what your future will look like if you go this route or this route because unless you make it really simple for people they just they're just like yeah whatever man sounds good you know what, what I mean? What were you saying, Paul? No, no, I was just going to say to his point, but he was on a roll, that uh, I've had an argument, well, not even an argument, just a nice discussion with a person who's fully on the left. He's an anti-Trumper. He's not a pro-Biden guy. He's just anti-Trump. And when I tried to discuss the communists, he was like, wait, are you nuts? Communists will never come to America. Exactly. And I'm like, you need to take a look at a few things. And I got him on the fence now seeing it. So Nice. All right, I'm going to play for you how um, the great one, Mark Levin, closed his show on Fox Sunday night because he addressed this is specific, what we're talking about right now. Live from Studio 6B, glad you're in. 26 past the hour. Paul's going to have more news, lots more to do. If you're on social media, stay with us.
right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Monday. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Paul's going to have some news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to have sports coming up. Uh, a couple more crazy towns for you. I got Carter Page. He was on um, this morning with our very own Kerry Sheffield. I got a clip from him. Ted Cruz, he was on with David Brody in the afternoon. I've got a clip of him. I've got the great governor of South Dakota who really juxtaposed her against, well, any of these blue state governors and how they handled COVID. You got the governor of New York still. I mean, I don't even know the words to put to what the governor of New York sounded like today, saying all my friends in the, uh, all my friends in the Jewish community, if you, don't like, if you don't like the way I'm, if you don't like the rules or you can't follow the rules, I'll shut down all the synagogues, he said. Wow. I mean, the mayor is going to lock everything down in New York City again. Half a million people are going to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, For something not, that it, you're not going to be able to, as we've seen now, if it can get to the White House, it, I mean. And it's not based on any science. Protect the vulnerable. Everybody else, just live your life. But no, they, they can't do that. They will not go for that. No. All right, let's not get off track. Um, Levin on Sunday nights got the highest rated show on cable, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's probably the, um, for my taste, he's the number one talk show in the country. Wait, is he getting bigger numbers than Tucker? No, no, uh, sun, on weekends. Sunday oh, night, sorry, he's on I'm Sunday sorry. night. Uh, here's how he closed his show on Sunday night. This is two minutes, but it's exactly what we were talking about in the last segment. Roll it, G. This is our country. This is our election. Everything's on the table here. The Democrats want to change this country. They want to turn it into a post-constitutional, post-Republican type of society. Bernie Sanders' agenda is on the table. They're telling us. They're telling us what they're going to do. They're not hiding it from us. They're going to burn down the Supreme Court by packing it. This was tried before. It was denounced before. They're going to do it. They're going to add four Democrat senators to the Senate. Why? Because they're going to have the power to do it. They're going to change the way we legislate so nothing can be slowed down. Nothing can stop them. They want to change our electoral process so only Democrats are represented in Congress. Only Democrats have power to elect a president. Rural areas, suburban areas, the areas of the country that, that produce the food and produce the energy will have no representation. This isn't a joke. This is serious as a heart attack. This is what the election's about. The 1619 Project, it exists to destroy the minds of our kids, to brainwash them against this country. You see what's happened in the streets. They don't even acknowledge the presidential nominee of the Democrat Party doesn't even acknowledge the existence of Antifa, a Marxist anarchist organization that says it wants to destroy our country and burns our streets. Now, this election is a big deal. If you're still on the fence, I don't know what kind of fence you're sitting on. And if you're leaning towards Joe Biden, he says, I am the Democrat Party. He ain't kidding. If you're leaning towards Joe Biden, this is what you're going to get. There's a reason why he won't tell you whether or not he supports stuffing the Supreme Court, because he does. There's a reason he won't tell you about the nominees that he has in mind, because they're radicals. This election is crucial. Are you Thomas Paine? Are you Paul Revere? Now's the time to speak up. Yeah, now's the time to speak up. This is what I don't get about these poll numbers. And um, 
I hear what you guys are saying, but at some point, I think the it's only time for people he, to pay attention. I think the only way he's defeated, I think the polls are a lie. So when they could say after they've rigged the election with all the fake uh, ballots, everything that they do is a setup for when they rig the election and all those fake votes come in. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, I have never in my lifetime, even Reagan, when he was at his peak, there were never rallies like this everywhere, everywhere, everywhere in blue states and blue counties. Yeah. New York City this weekend, speaking of that, on Fifth Avenue, there was, it had to be, they said, I mean, I wasn't there, but they said it went seven, eight, nine, ten blocks. Mm. They had to shut down Fifth Avenue. There were so many cars. Fifth Avenue was wall to wall. My buddy Pop Pop and his wife Deneen were there, wall to wall. Oh, Pop Pop, does he know Corn Pop? <laughs> he might. <laughs> um, how, how would he know that? They're in totally different neighborhoods. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just unbel- it's unbelievable. But uh, he's right. I mean, people better start paying attention. So, um, all right, so he- so there's an article in The Federal. Well, let's, actually, you do yours first, then I'm going to circle back to The Federalist today by Sean Davis of what's going on with the CIA director. So um, what's your article on Trump? All right, so um, President Trump, on Monday, directed White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to begin the process of declassifying more documents tied to the Obama administration's investigation and spying on the Trump campaign. Um, Meadows told Fox and Friends he, he's already tasked me with getting some declassification rolling in follow-up to some of the requests that Devin Nunes and others had made. And then Nunes had also said on, on the same show with Maria Bartiromo that he is looking to declassify two more summaries of the FBI interview with Igor Denchenko, the primary source, primary source of the infamous Steele dossier. Right. So, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I know all the people like me have been out there just praying there'll be mass arrests and mass incarcerations and everyone's waiting for, you know, all this trust the plan stuff, which I, I got to be honest with you, it's got to be... Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm sorry. Well, so last week we got this um, from DNI, Radcliffe. He unclassified this letter to Lindsey Graham. And I went over this last week, but I'm, it's worth reading again. It says, Chairman Graham, in response to your request for intelligence community information related to the FBI investigation crossfire hurricane, I have declassified the following. And there's three paragraphs here. Here's the first one. In late July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight. This is July of 2016. You think about all the people who have asked questions over the, what we've been through. Russia, Russia, Russia. Everything we've heard from Adam Schiff, from all these people, from Nancy Pelosi, from uh, Eric Swalwell, from Chris Murphy in Connecticut. All of this that we've heard the president's a Russian agent. What do they have on the president? All of this, Russia, Russia, Russia. This is July of 2016. U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight into Russia intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton had approved, had approved a campaign Stalin. plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians' hacking of the DNC. The intelligence community does not know the accuracy of this allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. According to his handwritten notes, 
Former CIA uh, Director Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016 of her proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. On September 7, 2016, U.S. intelligence officials forwarded an investigative referral to um, FBI Director James Comey and Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence Peter Strzok regarding, quote, U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private mail server. So that's DNI Radcliffe. He unclassifies that this week. And of course, the question you should all have upon hearing this is why are we hearing about this now? Where What we've gone through for three and a half damn years, the lying to the FISA court and everything else, why are we just hearing about this now? Obama was briefed. The intelligence department knew the president comes into office. Clearly, all of this is there. Why are we finding out about it now? And what else have we not found out about? Well, Sean Davis in The Federalist comes out with this today. Intel sources says CIA director Gina Haspel is banking on a Trump loss in November to keep Russiagate documents hidden forever. CIA Director Gina Haspel is personally blocking the declassification and release of key Russiagate documents in the hopes that President Donald Trump will lose his re-election bid, multiple senior U.S. officials told the Federalist. The officials said Haspel, who served under former CIA Director John Brennan as the spy agency station chief in London, in 2016 and 2017, is concerned that the declassification and release of these documents detailing what the CIA was doing during the 2016 and 2017 transition, election and then transition, could embarrass the CIA and potentially even implicate Haspel herself. Quote, Haspel and FBI Director Chris Wray both want Trump to lose because it's the only chance they have of keeping their jobs, one senior intelligence official told the Federalist. Quote, they're banking on Biden winning and keeping them where they are. The Federalist first reported last week that Haspel had emerged as the primary roadblock to declassification of materials showing that the U.S. intelligence community knew prior to the 2016 election that the allegations that Trump colluded with Russia were themselves the product of Russian disinformation. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe released that summary that I just read to you last week that disclosed that Hillary Clinton had planned to smear Trump as a treasonous Russian asset to distract from her email scandal. As part of her operation, Clinton hired a former uh, foreign agent who was himself working for a sanctioned Russian oligarch to spread unverified <sighs> smears against Trump. Quote, it's far more important for Haspel to block any embarrassment of herself or her agency than to have full transparency and accountability, another senior intelligence official told us. 
She's just hoping she can get past the election so the documents will never come out. This is not a source protection issue. It's an embarrassment issue, the intelligence official added. Officials also accuse Haspel of repeatedly lying to the White House and to the president directly about the status of the documents that are in the pipeline for declassification and release. These officials said that Haspel has consistently provided baseless excuses for her failure to produce certain documents, falsely claiming that she can't physically locate documents or that her agency doesn't technically own them and therefore cannot release them. Haspel has repeatedly lied to the president, quote, about the status of documents to be declassified, an intelligence community source said. She will claim they don't know where they are, which agency owns them. She then will find out she had them the entire time and just didn't want them to see the light of day. This is unbelievable that this is going on. The president needs to declassify all this stuff before the election. Studio 6B, 13 till the hour on a Monday, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. If you're on social media, make sure you like, share the show at LFS6B on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. How's the YouTube audience? YouTube audience is growing. YouTube is always doing Exponentially. Yeah. Um, Glad you're in. Paul's going to have some more news. Rick Delgado's here. But right now, it's time for sports. Uh, And here with that is the um, Stripe. Look like you're just stepped off the set of Guys and Dolls today. <laughs> it's uh, Rick Hamrati. What's going on, pal? I'm going to be starting an entertainment segment soon because nobody loves sports. I can see the uh, – as soon as I'm coming on, I can see everybody getting all riled up. But, hey, stick with me because i got a segment to do. Um, baseball, the Elite Eight now. <laughs> that's, Rick, that's some – I don't know that that's the best plea to the audience is just please stick with me. I have a segment to do. Yes. How about stick with me because you're good at sports. People like you. You're very likable. You dress you. nice. Slick Rick Sports. Slick Rick, you're a nice guy. Yeah, Go on follow Twitter. Follow him on at, Twitter, yeah. At Slick Rick Sports. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Just saying, stick with me because I have a segment to do. Yeah. <laughs> Bear <laughs> with it. Not a great pitch. Bear with you, me. You're chewing up a little time I have. All right. Now, very good, Big D. Thank you for that. Now, on to baseball. <laughs> Major League playoffs. Let's get into it. The uh, Astros uh, wall up the athletics 10-5 to today in Dodger Stadium. The game's being played at neutral sites, ALDS and NLDS. And right now, the Yankees and Rays are tied at one in the uh, bottom of the second. Garrett Cole versus Blake Snell. Um, Denny Hamlin 
wins in the third overtime at Talladega's longest NASCAR Cup Series race. Uh, the race went on into the evening. In fact, they had to take it off NBC and move it to CNBC because of the uh, NFL uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, Denny Hamlin was one of the last drivers standing at the end of the messiest and longest race in Talladega Spe- Sports Speedway history. The Daytona 500 winner surged to the win with a sweeping three-wide pass, the 58th lead change of the race, coming out of the final turn of the third overtime Sunday. The race went nearly 32 miles or 12 laps longer than scheduled because of record 13 cautions that collected nearly every playoff contender. So, very good race. Denny Hamlin continues to win, although I got to tell you, there was a little controversial at the end. They had to go to the video because uh, uh, apparently he had gone below the yellow out-of-bounds line during the third overtime, but NASCAR ruled it was legal. But the 15,000 people in Alabama, most of them were booing at the uh, actual results. So, tough tough night for Denny Hamlin, but he picked up a win. Um, Swiss skydiver upsets authentic to become sixth Philly to win the Preakness Stakes. Um, This was jockey Robbie Albardo made a power move to pass favorite authentic around the far turn, and Swiss skydiver went head-to-head and beat him by a neck after stretch duel in the Preakness Stakes without fans Saturday. She's the sixth Philly and first since Rachel Alexander in 2009 to win the Preakness, which this year served as the third leg of the Triple Crown for the first time. When you um, when you started that story, I thought you were reporting on Swiss skydiving, and Me I said, too. "Yeah, Rick is really reaching here." <laughs> that's what I thought. We've gone to rodeo. Now we're doing Swiss skydiving. No, that's the name of the big Philly, big okay, B. Okay, got it. Okay, my interest. Let's go. Professional bull riders. I know everybody's missing rodeo. We haven't done that in a few days. Unleash the Beast, Wrangler Invitational, presented by Cooper Tires <laughs> in Lincoln, he Nebraska. Left, uh, he left Walter Reed about an hour and a half ago. They unleashed the Beast. <laughs> well, Cooper Tires was the sponsor, and fittingly, Cooper Davis led with a 92 and a quarter ride score on Hocus Pocus, who had a 44.75 score of the bull. Uh, the leaderboard ended up with Cooper Davis. He uh, had a 269 and a half aggre- aggregate score. And he was uh, second place was Dalen Swearinger. 264 and a half aggregate. So we got some bull riding going on in the house. And last but not least for the first segment of sports, college football scores. These are the top 25 results. Um, Number one, Clemson, 41 to uh, 23 over Virginia. Tyler Lawrence, 329 yards and three touchdowns. He (laughs) continues to roll that number one pick uh, soon to be. And number two, Alabama, 52 to 13 over Texas A&M. Mac Jones, 435 yards, four touchdowns. Number three, Florida took care of business, 38 24 over South Carolina and number four Georgia 27 to 7 over Auburn. There was an upset though. Number nine Texas lost to TCU 33 31 and Tulsa over number 11 UCF 34 to uh, 26. Zach Smith with 273 yards and three TDs for Tulsa. And that's a wrap for round one to sports. Thanks for sticking with me. You see, there's, there's, there's four minutes left, Rick. So I didn't, you have plenty of time here. I didn't take any of your time away. You, have, you could talk for four more minutes if you want so should, should we uh mention the nba ratings so plummeting, try yeah. to get our audience back so <laughs> clay clay travis um tweeted this on friday night the nba had 4.5 million viewers for the game two of the finals that is the least viewed nba finals game in 40 years down nearly 70 percent from game two last year the only pro sporting event the NBA was competing with that night was the Cardinals Padres baseball game. Oof. Oof. It's 100% the politics. Get woke. Oh, yeah. 
go broke. Go broke. Go broke. <laughs> so, yeah. I, and D, one of our good followers, uh, Kimberly Holcomb, she had said, "How could the NBA ratings be so down and yet Joe Biden be up?" It's a good point. You know? It's another example of the boycott of Goya, of the rallies everywhere. Every indicator. How about the guy from um, was it Stony Brook? Um, who has that predictive model that always gets it right? He's got he's got Trump at like three hundred and fifty delegates. You know, yeah. so uh, his model keeps saying that Trump's in a landslide. Well, I know you guys think that it. That I don't it's, think it's it, going to be a cakewalk, and I, I just I, no, I no, do I not. think it should be a cakewalk. Cakewalk. Well, it should be. It should be. But I think that election fraud is a major problem here. I can't. I mean, look at how many stories that that never make the mainstream media. I mean, there's busting people everywhere. I mean, I hear Joe Biden's up in Florida. I hear he's up with uh, with Cuban voters in Miami Dade County. I hear these. I hear Texas is in play. Wow. I mean, you got to stop watching uh, CNN and MSNBC there, Damon. It wasn't there. It wasn't. If it was there, I wouldn't be talking about it. So where are you getting that from? Yeah. Well, that didn't come from either one of those two places. So you can guess the only other network that I I would be watching. Oh, you mean the controlled disinformation platform? And I'm watching less of that. Yeah, they are so full of garbage. They they are so they are so entwined. Well, Scott Scott Rasmussen and Justin News. When I look at those numbers, I I, I take them seriously, and they tell me he's down eight. And um, you can, if everything else is 90% off, he's still down. And I just, and I just don't get it. I do not get it. So. Yeah, I don't don't know. And especially because after the debate, you know what? After the debate, we all thought, ah, that wasn't a good look. But then when you go back and you see the reactions from polls that they had taken around, you know, all the different polls that they took where you see Trump won, like, and he won by a large margin. So when, when you start to, you know, kind of compare and contrast that to what you're being fed from the, the pollsters, I'm sorry, but uh, something's not making sense here. Like Paul's saying, we're seeing these things all over the country. They shut down Fifth Avenue. No place bluer than maybe San Francisco or L.A. or Seattle than New York City, and you're going to tell me that there's no momentum going here, that we're not being, you know, kind of fed something that's really not true. I don't know. It's one of those things where you don't expect it and you start to see it. That's where that's where the light and that's where you got to start saying, you know what, I'm going to start believing my eyes instead of what people are telling me. Well, I mean, let's hope that's the case, because, I mean. What I saw over this three days, I don't, I don't know that you'd see for anybody else. In Washington, all over the country, New York, California, other places, whether it was cars, boats, damn trains, automobiles. Yeah. All right, great hour one. Stick with us. Great hour two coming up. More news, a couple more crazy towns. Carter Page, Ted Cruz, Governor Nome from uh, South Dakota. And I'll give you a repulsive comment by Joe Biden today. All coming up.
Live from Studio 6B, Hour 2. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to have sports. Geo Friend holding it down on Real America's Voice. Dish Network Channel 219. Pluto TV. Channel 240. Comcast in Chicago. Channel 113. Uh, lots to talk about. The president... Well, we were off on Friday, so a lot's happened since the last time we were on the air. Obviously, president got sick, went to Walter Reed, um, <laughs> had a very aggressive course of treatment. Um, yeah, and now he's not sick anymore. All right, there you go. And uh, he left Walter <laughs> Reed, as you can see right here, about an hour and a half ago. He got more done over the weekend while he was in the hospital than Joe Biden did in 47 years. He made more appearances this week than Joe Biden <laughs> did, too, by the way. And, of course, the mainstream media all tonight um, on TV acting like they all inhaled bath salts about an hour <laughs> before he left because they're on air just, you know, losing their mind. For a couple of reasons. Number one, they're losing their mind because he actually walked out. And don't kid yourself, that's damn well true. Some of them. And um, they're just apoplectic about everything. Oh, did you see the uh, Washington Post uh, communist, Jennifer Rubin? She wants to defund. No, wait, you mean conservative commentator yes, yes, yes. I, I forgot to put that in there is that I'm communist sorry. or communist i think she finally removed that actually <laughs> yeah she did yeah <laughs> uh, gee wonder why she she's now calling to defund walter reed oh good what yeah you know because uh because she's moving away from cops because now she cares about police officers and secret service agents like the rest of them yeah she was on a twitter meltdown they say today and yeah, man, when you see some of the things person. she wrote Oof. What'd you say, friend? Maybe she thinks it's a person and not a hospital. Could be. Walter <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could, yeah, it could be. She uh, who knows? A, she yeah, thought it was a pharmacy. She even, she even wrote that he should go back to uh, playing football. No, that was, uh, it was the other Walter. Sorry. Peyton. I can't uh, hear you, uh, Rick. You got to talk into your microphone, pal. What, do you, what are you saying? No, she thought it was the other Walter. Peyton. Oh. Um, Sweetness. Well, she's just one of many. Uh, Jake Tapper. Brian Stetler, most of CNN. D. Lemon tonight will be probably fired up at 10 o'clock. His head will be exploding. They're all exploding. These are the same people for six months have uh, watched police get abused, uh, beaten, attacked, assassinated, or at least attempted in California, shot, uh, blinded with lasers. We've gone through the Chaz, Portland, New York City, all these places. Have you heard any, has uh, Ruben wrote any columns about making sure these police are protected and going up making sure this and making sure they're taking proper precautions? Any of these people? Joe Biden, not a word. Antifa's not even real in Joe Biden's world. <laughs> but the Secret Service agents with the president, oh my God. Are we all for, we're all for, man, now they're, they're all for it. It's insane. The hypocrisy. Of these people. Same thing with his, we got to have his tests. We got to have his scans. We got to see what his brain looks like. We got to see this. Where's Dr. Bandy Lee when you need her? Hey, have you seen the guy running on Democratic side? He can't complete a sentence. Eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> we don't need to see anything from him. They want Trump to be seen by Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to see anything here. This guy's a charade, a cartoon character, this guy, running a, from his basement. 
Nah, we don't care. doesn't matter. We don't need to see anything of him. No questions. We'll ask no doctors any questions about Joe Biden's well-being. 25th Amendment. Keith Oberman, I, I retweeted it. He's out there. 25th Amendment. They don't even know what's in the 25th Amendment, these people who <laughs> quote it. But they love to quote it because they just see removal of the president. Remove him. 25th Amendment. They don't even know what it says. Joe Biden's the only person running for president you could legitimately use the 25th Amendment before you even got elected. And that's what they're planning on. You could use it for him now. That's how out of it he is. But they don't even care. They don't ask any questions about Joe Biden. Does Joe Biden have a physician? Where is he? Doc Vinny Bumbats. Can we ask him some questions about Joe Biden's well-being? No, probably not. <laughs> Can we see the scans of his brain? Probably not. <laughs> his brain. lungs? Probably not. <laughs> they don't care. If, if you looked at these two men over the last six months, besides the last three days that we know the president was sick, the president's not the one you'd be asking we need to talk to their physician. He's not the one you'd be saying that about. Yeah, if anything, he's actually healthier when he's sick than Joe Biden is when he's healthy. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Well, you know but- what? At least 60 Minutes finally tackled the Tara Reid interview. And I have that, speaking of that. Cut five. Uh, I spent a lot of uh, show Thursday reminding you about Joe Biden's uh, history of being basically a bigot and uh, saying the most outrageous things, arguing for segregation. I spent the whole show Thursday unpacking him. And um, so I want to remind you of this. This is the other side of Joe Biden. Old sympathetic Joe. Joe being Joe, Damon, you know. 60 minutes, cut five, G, roll it. Here I am in the Senate office. Here's a good picture of Senator Biden. He pushed me up against the wall. And then um, he used his knee to separate my legs. Um, you what? Mm-hmm. She was telling me to go to the police right then and to keep up what I was wearing and on and to go to the police. Why did you resist going to the police? They're there to protect the senators and congressmen. They're not there to protect us. Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. What made you think, no, I'm going to tell the full truth? I decided that people needed to know he's going to the highest office of the land. Well, I know what he's like. I know what his character's like. And he doesn't deserve the presidency based on what happened to me. He's been misogynistic. He's had sexual assault allegations, sexual harassment. He's a blue Trump. He's a blue Trump. What interests me about that, if you look at her, people look at her and say somehow she, he's a blue Trump. She's no fan of the president. No. She's not, the, she's not out looking to score points for him. Just that comment alone. So Joe Biden is accused of basically rape, the way she describes this incident, which obviously they didn't get into the details here. But he, and it's not, she's not the only first uh, accusation Joe Biden's had, as we all know. But again, if we don't, and other people talk about this and show you these clips and remind you of who this guy is, there's no serious um, interest on the media's part at all to unpack this guy, unpack his career, Unpack these allegations. Unpack what he wants to do as president, if he can even serve. That's why Wednesday night is way more important than most of these vice presidential deals. 
way more important because there's questions of whether this guy could even serve out. Forget a first term. How about a first month? But if we don't show you this stuff, no one else is going to show it to you. Yeah, and they didn't show that actually for U.S. viewers. That was done in Australia. Yeah, that's 60 Minutes Australia. Not to get confused with 60 Minutes here with Anderson Cooper. Because they're certainly not going to show you that. And last I checked, Australia isn't a state, so their their votes mean nothing. Yeah, and their liberty means nothing there, too, now. But, after but, all this but at least they're getting a, a better view of Joe Biden than, than the American people are, which is astounding. Sky News Australia, I've played you many things on this show of them unpacking Joe Biden, questioning things about Joe Biden. They do more of the work for the voters than the American media will ever do when it comes to Joe Biden. They won't unpack Joe Biden. I've played those clips for you here on the show. It's insane. This guy. No serious interest on the, on the media's part to ask this guy anything. So, all right, um, let's do some news, Paul. You have news? Yeah, um, Rudy Giuliani, uh, Trump's lawyer, said uh, today that, that um, the Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden said he would defer to experts if there's any reason to push back the next presidential debate. And uh, he said, I think it's very possible, again, if, all, if he assumes he keeps uh, making progress the way he does, that there will be a debate and no sense to push it back. Yeah, I think so. the president has come out now and said that he plans on being there. And um, we'll see what changes they make. Um, to me, the changes they should make is get rid of the damn moderators, especially Steve. Well, you know, when the moderators were announced, everybody told me um, that Steve Scully would be the fairest of the three. And now we find out Steve Scully was um, an intern for Joe Biden. Now we find out that Steve Scully had shared um, on his, I guess, social media, never some Trump. Never, never Trump articles. So I, I guess we could still hold out hope that he's going to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> what even is that David yeah, you're doing that what even on. is that now that could Come be on. what even is yeah, that yeah we're going to see that in a clip soon <laughs> good <laughs> lord clip. please you know trying to be upbeat here he's got the job we know Kristen Welker's not I mean maybe she'll surprise us maybe he'll surprise us I went in thinking Steve Scully would probably be the fairest of the three but now obviously knowing what we know you have to wait and see. But but Wallace set the bar so low. I oh mean, my goodness. Stevie Wonder could be I mean, <laughs> do a better job. Stevie Wonder. What, what do you mean Stevie Wonder? Well, because it, I don't think if, you need a moderator. Honestly, at this point right now, why not just let get Joe Rogan to do it? Everybody wants him to do it. The, t- the polling was through the roof. Right and left both said that he'd be the fairest. No, he won't do it. He won't do it. He has enough problems, by the way, over his on? deal. Yeah. You see what's going on? That the people want to boycott. They want to sit at, yeah. at Spotify. Yeah. The, the staff, the yeah. woke staff there wants to censor everything he says and does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't that? remind anybody of communism, does it? No, no, not at all. No. You're not allowed to say that, Rick. Get to the gulag. Yeah. All right, what so, else, Paul? Uh, quickie, obviously, we all know by now, but White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany said she tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday, but doesn't have any symptoms. An announcement on Twitter, McEnany wrote that no reporters, producers, or members of the press are listed as close contacts by the White House Medical Unit. Uh, she took questions from reporters uh, outside the White House on Sunday, and uh, she says she feels fine. 
Yeah, that's a nice little. And let's hope she continues to feel fine. Obviously, she's a young mother with a with with an infant of just I believe months, five, six, seven months old, and an absolute warrior in the press room. I mean, have you ever seen anybody combat the bias media like her? I mean, she's just amazing. And she and she continues to get better, by the way, in dealing with their nonsense. Um. Did you see, by the way, Jim Acosta, when the president left for Walter Reed, tweeted, the president didn't stop for questions? <laughs> well, well, no, no, Jim, no, he didn't. He didn't stop for questions. Was he butthurt? Oh, my God. It's just, Man. it's unbelievable. <laughs> by the way, the reporting is that uh, NBC's Joe Biden town hall tonight that he did with quote-unquote undecided voters was pretty much a uh, Joe Biden infomercial. So... Else's no. More of the media carrying um, Joe Biden's water for him. So I'll have to watch that tonight when I get home because Wait. I'm into self-torture. <laughs> Bye from Studio 6B. More to do. 13 past the hour. Glad you're in social media. Stay with us. A couple more crazy towns to come. Plus, we'll keep unpacking this uh, Gina Haspel testifying deal. B17 past the hour. Real America's Voice on a Monday night. Dish Network Channel 219. Pluto TV Channel 240. Comcast in Chicago 113. And of course on all our OTT. I believe the Real America's Voice app's been updated. If you're on Roku, um, Apple TV, make sure you download the update. And you can watch us uh, on there as well. So Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amrani's going to have some more sports. But let's do Crazy Town. You know, the vice presidential debate is Wednesday. Uh, I think the most important vice presidential debate in recent history, given that, um, well, I mean, Joe Biden is, a, you know, is just out of it. And Kamal Harris, as they've almost kind of told us, it's going to be maybe be the Harris-Biden administration. So we've got that debate. And then, of course, we've got two more of the presidential debates, which are going to be extremely, extremely important after the first one. And of course, everybody's saying Biden did pretty good in the first one. I'm not saying that, but you're hearing a lot of that. Well, because he, right? he, he didn't fail miserably. Right. His bar is well, so low. There might have been another reason that he did so well, and that's the... Um, Biased news reporting? Well, it could be that too, but it could be a little something else here. Roll that, G. <laughs> I think My question... 
for both of you is based on what you have. All right, Joe. If you were paying attention, you'll know this question's about COVID-19. Uh, you know all the statistics, 200,000 dead. Uh, just keep keep talking. Don't let him interrupt you. Uh, if you get tripped up or anything, we're going to be talking in your ear. Anything you hear from this point on will be repeated out loud. Good luck. Good luck. No! <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> great. Sad but uh, true. But so, you know what's crazy about that? Because I, I did come across that as well, and I'm like, well, he did say good luck, and why the hell would he say good luck? It's like, good morning. It's like the you know? same thing. Like, well, some kind what, of foul I mean, programming. I just, I just played you while you said I good luck. It. The guy said, from here on out, anything we say will be out loud. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he said it. Oh, no, he actually, I think he said good luck because the moderator uh, said to him, uh, you have two minutes uninterrupted. And when he when he said uninterrupted, he looked at Trump. So Biden, that's why Biden said good luck. Like, oh. good luck with that. He's not going to give me two minutes uninterrupted. So there you go. So, <laughs> um, all right. So a couple serious things here to get to because Ted Cruz was on. You're hearing now, again, it, it's like, it's like these people forget that we can go back and look at what they've said before. It's like they, they, they forget that we live in the world of a, a video, C-SPAN. People have cameras in places. They have cameras on the floor when these people debate things that we can go back and look. So now you're hearing because the president, the first lady, Kaylee McEnany, Senator Mike Lee, uh, Tom, Tom uh, Tillis in North Carolina, you've, getting, you've got nine, ten people all of a sudden who have come down with COVID. And now you're hearing, wow, the Supreme Court now, we've got to really, we got to really just, we've got to put that off because yeah. this is, um, Amy Klobuchar tells us that this is, this is a lifetime appointment to the highest seat. You can't do it remotely. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's run 90% of his campaign from a padded room in his basement virtually. No problem with that. But now this, we can't do this virtually. So you're hearing all of this push now, which I'll get to in a second. But, um, and we've talked about on this show how, you know, no matter how many Trump's put two Supreme Court justices on now, and this will be his third, and no matter how many he puts up, we always feel like we're kind of two away from actually having a conservative textualist um, court. So Ted Cruz was on with David Brody this afternoon on the water cooler, 4 p.m. right here on America's Voice, which is great. And he was asked about uh, John Roberts. Cut two, G. Here's what he said. Roll that. John Roberts has been off the reservation. A month and a half ago, I talked to Vice President Pence, and he said that John Roberts was a, quote, disappointment. That from the vice president. I'm curious to get your take on John Roberts. Yeah, I, I very much agree. I, I think John Roberts has become the new Sandra Day O'Connor. And, and it, it is an unfortunate thing. Um, I, I, I talk about John Roberts at, at considerable length in the book. Right. Um, I've known John 25 years. Um, he was a law clerk to Chief Justice Rehnquist, as was I. Uh, he was, when he was a practicing lawyer, he was widely considered the finest Supreme Court advocate in the country. Um, but John, I actually think much of what is driving it is I think John despises Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's personal. 
I think it is difficult to come up with two human beings more antithetical than John Roberts and Donald Trump in every respect about everything about their person. <laughs> right. I, I, I think Roberts, you know, Roberts at his confirmation hearing, he famously gave the example. He said a judge should be like an umpire, simply calling balls and strikes. And unfortunately, what Roberts has done in the last couple of years is is set aside his role as an umpire and he stood up and put on a team's uniform and he's grabbed a bat and he is swinging away. And, and it is really it, it's unfortunate to see. Um, but but it is sadly a, a pattern. A whole lot of Republican nominees yeah. in the past have followed as well. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think it nails it. I think it's an axe to grind, and, you know, I mean, I would love to know, I would just love to know how a guy could vote, um, you know, so progressive liberal, you know. Um, well, he's not, not calling balls and strikes. C certainly no, not trying not. to interpret. No, he's not. Um, which is what they're supposed to do. Right. Uh, he's gone as far as rewriting, you know, things that have come in front of him, like Obamacare. Turned yeah. it into a tax. Yeah. Turned it into a tax. I Rewrote mean, the statute. Yeah. Uh, it it goes beyond the scope of what he's supposed to be doing. Like he said, he's supposed to be calling balls and strikes. He's not. He's swinging away. He's hoping to get a hit. He's trying to drive in runs for the other team. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... Or just run I, for Congress. I, I feel like he's compromised. I really feel like somebody's got something on this guy. And I think, Paul, you've alluded to it about his adoptions or something like that. Yeah, there's, uh, um, there's stories floating around out right. there about, you know, he might have done something using his political influence and connection to advance a, his adoption papers. But who knows if it's true. He's in a lifetime appointment. It's almost, I mean, to, 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 to get rid of, uh, to impeach, I mean, what? Well, wouldn't who they thinks just that, who thinks that's weighing even if that was to even have some remote truth to it? What how is that hanging over him to 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 alter him doing to to be a to be a impartial uh conveyor of the truth or or of what the constitution says? Well, you look at you look at the Obamacare thing. That that in and of itself is just it boggled everybody's mind. It's like he rewrote it for one side i mean that if that's not telling you something's going on that nobody knows about well only a few people know about that would be the example and then you can kind of follow the progress who's got, who's got leverage on this guy i mean quite frankly it's really not something that's unique to him this has been happening for the, these guys put on the black robe and it's been happening for years you, you you see we're seeing more judicial tyranny i'll call it in the last 10 15, 20, I mean, even longer than that, but spe especially in the, in the 2000s. Yeah, and look at Emmett Sullivan, another one. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got them all over the place. Unfortunately, you know, the, like you said, with lifetime appointments, unless, unless you can, you know, kind of wheel out some evidence and go, boom, here's what we have on you. Would you like to resign or do you want us to go through the impeachment process? I think that's, that, that's the only way it, it would happen, right? All right, live from Studio 6B, 26 past the hour. Glad you're in social media. Stay with us. More news. We've got another crazy town coming up. Speaking of the Supreme Court and the um, Democrats are uh, not for all of a sudden doing anything virtually. Amazing. I didn't think that not too long ago.
live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Uh, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Comcast in Chicago 113. Glad you're in. Watching Real America's Voice. You should be watching it all day long, by the way. It's just got, I mean, the show's, Carrie Sheffield this morning at 9 a.m. every morning is great. She had on Carter Page this morning. Cut one, G. Uh, speaking about, um, who was it that was supposed to testify, Rick? Not McCabe. Oh, was it McCabe? Yeah, McCabe's yeah, McCabe. supposed to testify. McCabe's yeah. supposed to testify. See, you know, don't get me started on Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Does Lindsey Graham remember he has subpoena power or no? Is he just going to send out invitations like he's having a birthday party and hope that people show up? <laughs> he's criminal, too. Yeah, he's compromised. So here's um, Carter Page on with um, Carrie Sheffield this morning at nine, about 9.15, I think it was, talking about McCabe. Roll that, G. Now, we just reported on our website on justnews.com that Andrew McCabe has said he will not testify due to concerns about the coronavirus. Do you think there's something there that he's trying to hide? I mean, his attorneys say that he's willing to testify in the future once the pandemic has died down, and they say that because of the complexity of the case, he does not want to do this remotely. Um, what's your response to that? I think it's another example, Carrie, of the complete double standards. So many Trump supporters, including myself, were dragged in front of not only not only the U.S. Senate, which is what's in question here, but the House and also the Mueller witch hunt. So we've all been dragged through this. And unfortunately, the thing that's really frustrating about this is they have subpoena power. The Senate Judiciary Committee has subpoena power. So I'm hoping, you know, that testimony is scheduled for tomorrow. Hopefully a subpoena is issued today. It's now Monday morning, and I hope uh, that is resolved so that he can show up and uh, be nope. held, uh, held to account and answer for these terrible problems that were created. Again, I this created so much uh, inconvenience and, you know, life-threatening risks. Uh, but it's a, a dual standard of justice, as we've seen nonstop. Carter, real quick, one last question. We got to run. Um, what do you think should be released, or what do you think is sort of the biggest smoking gun that Americans need to know about? Americans need to know the full story. There is so much more. Again, these elements which keep dripping out are, are things that have I've long known, and that, you know, as I talk about in my book. Uh, unfortunately, we, we do not have a functioning justice system left uh, yet. And so until people are held accountable and until we get the full story, including testimony uh, such as the one for tomorrow. All right, Carter, we got to leave it right there. Thank you, Carter Page, for joining us. Yeah, so there's Carter Page on this morning with Kerry. And uh, it's, you know, you read DNI Radcliffe, what he put out last week to Lindsey Graham. You read the story now in The Federalist today. You read the reporting John Solomon's doing at Just the News. And you look at what you have here. And you and you why people like him, whose lives have been dragged through three and a half years of this nonsense, falsified evidence, emails being changed. And then you have the Democratic Party and its surrogates here in the media telling us that somehow he's a Russian agent weaponizing the CIA, the FBI, the NSA. They wanted to take this guy out before he was elected. They wanted to take him out after after he was elected. They tried to remove him from office. 
despite the 63 million of us who voted for him. They don't even give a damn about that. <laughs> despite everything. I mean, if that... It, and if that's not tyranny, I don't know what is. And remember what Hillary was uh, alleged to have said. If he wins, we're all going to hang. Remember, she said yeah, that she during the said campaign those run-up. Words. But they're not going to hang. You can't hang oligarchs. I mean, it's really, it's just, it's really unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And as I said before, I hope the president comes back, relaxes, continues to get treatment. But I hope someone puts this in front of him. He doesn't already, I mean, not that he doesn't already know, he's the president, what Gina Haskell's doing at the CIA, and I hope him and Radcliffe, I just hope they get it out, because I, she's sitting there hoping he's going to lose. I feel like it's all kind of bubbling up to the surface, and I think, Paul, you mentioned that yeah. last week as I'm, well, right? Like I'm things, with you, Rick. Well, no, I, you guys said that two weeks ago now. Was it two weeks? And you've only got about three, four, three and a half, four more weeks to go. So well, that's the other you're thing still we, bubbling, and on November 4th, bubbling. and he well, loses. We're still hearing a lot of... Um, turn down the simmer. Yeah. Still hearing a lot of <laughs> they don't want to politicize the arrest while the election's going on because it would be... I don't know, wrong, who knows. Oh, yeah, keep up those norms and standards because yeah, they've, they've really, a- they've done such a good job of it. All right, let's do some more news here. Paul's got some more stories. What's going on? All right, well, this story is on the extremely foul side. So, you know, if you're weak in the stomach, uh, former Democratic Nancy state- Pelosi took a picture and released it today? Uh, no. Yeah, right. She showed, she did an 8 by 10 selfie. Um, <laughs> former Democratic state representative candidate uh, Matt Tobridge of Massachusetts was caught in a pedophile sting to ensnare child predators, allegedly showing up in the hopes of having sex with a 14-year-old boy. The sting was set up by predator poachers of Massachusetts. And they say they found Tobridge on Grinder, the social media app. They allegedly told Tobridge that he was talking to a 14-year-old boy, and Tobridge then pursued the sexual relationship with the minor. Uh, they posted evidence of their sting on their YouTube page. Tobridge allegedly sent perverted pot- photographs to the account, and it was thought to, that was thought to be the 14-year-old. Um, and he wrote, "You want to fool around, have some fun." Uh, allegedly wrote, I should say, uh, to the 14-year-old. The Sting group wrote back, yeah, with a smiley emoji. And he wrote, I want to see that cute boy mouth with my blank in it. And um, when they got him, uh, the agent there said, look at him, guys. He looks shocked. Shocked not to see a 14-year-old, right? And uh, while Tobridge, you know, his behavior is, uh, you know, widely seen as predatory, there are LGBT activists who are attempting to mainstream his actions as acceptable due to its overwhelming prevalence among the gay community. So there was a whole paper uh, from the University of uh, Texas at Austin. Uh, The professor, Thomas Hubbard, has been writing about the concept of pederistic intimacy in an attempt to rationalize child rape. So, I mean, this story gets gruesome. Um, So it won't be on the mainstream, but if you do look it up, it's it's truly demented. And as we said... um I don't know if it was during the last segment or during the social media break. So if you're watching on Pluto TV, Dish Network, Comcast in Chicago, you didn't hear this. But James Woods, who's a great follow, the actor, on Twitter, just posted a picture of this guy with Joe Biden. And I don't know how long ago it is, but he said, isn't this a guy who was just running from a camera? He's standing there in the room with Joe Biden and some little uh, Joe, and Biden's talking to some little kid. Yes, yeah. it's, it's 
He, he's. Uh, I'm looking at the photo right now. It's pretty. Uh, he says to the little kid, "I want to see you dancing." And when uh, we well, said years. that today, Biden said that today. Yeah. I don't. That, that happened so late. I don't even have that clip. That video. That clip was creepy as heck yeah. too. But the picture is Rick. The picture is Woods. Woods put the picture of this guy, yeah. right? I, I've got. I've got it up here on my Twitter right now. It's uh, Joe Biden. You know, kind of uh, in a creepy grabbing the young girl, looking down at her, and the guy is off his uh, off his left shoulder smiling, looking along, uh, along with some lady in a red outfit as well. Yeah, it looked like they're kind of like almost like in some green holding room or yeah. someplace. Yep. Yeah, this is a guy who was just caught doing this. What The part that really is disturbing is how they have been really trying to normalize it. You know, there was a TED Talk on it. I mean, I don't know if ever, most people know what TED Talks are. These TED Talks are supposed to be like where the leaders of the world and science and thought, um, you know, uh, they're saying it's just a condition, you know, it's just natural. Some people deserve to follow their net. Yeah, okay. I, I, it's just repulsive. Well, and then you go to California and they just recently passed a new California sex offender law that, that uh, lessens the penalties, reduces it. And, you know, it actually writes in it that, you know, it could be with willing children. Willing children? What? That's written in their law. Yeah, I mean, what? It's, it, it, it's this. They're trying to desensitize everybody to something that's sick and twisted. So it means that they're saying a 22-year-old can be with a 12-year-old because there's yes. a 10-year age gap. Yep. It, it's it's psychotic. All right. What else, Paul? Um, during one of the many sharp exchanges last week in the presidential debate, Biden flat out denied his son Hunter had any business relationship with Russian oligarch Yelena uh, Baturina, the wife uh, of the billionaire. Um, Moscow mayor. And, um, you know, he, he said it's not true. Um, Biden answered, oh, really? He didn't get three and a half million, said Trump. And then they went back and forth. But in fact, Biden's answer directly conflicts evidence that the U.S. Senate, the FBI and the U.S. Treasury Department have all gathered in their most recent investigation report on Ukraine, Ukraine corruption. The Senate Finance and Homeland Security Committees disclosed that suspicious activity reports, the uh, reports, the SAR, uh, that the Treasury Department turned over the Senate investigations uh, that showed direct link between Hunter Biden and Baterina. Yeah, there's a I mean, very good article in the Washington Times today that I actually have here in front of me uh, that I was going to get to entitled How the Treasury Department Tracked Overseas Cash Pocketed by Hunter Biden. And it's very similar to what you uh, what you just read, basically saying that Joe Biden is lying. Uh, when it comes to Hunter Biden, of course, he doesn't want to talk to Hunt about Hunter Biden. He just wants to deny and not talk about it. And of course, the media won't ask him any questions about it. He'll only talk about Bo Biden. Right. And we know why that is. And unfortunately, it's sad to say, but we know why that is. Because it's a very, it's much more of a sympathetic picture that he can paint than talking about Hunter Biden. And we should talk about Hunter Biden while we're on this subject that he was connected with monies to someone who had been involved with pornography, trafficking, and prostitution. That was part of the story, yeah. Think about yep. it. I mean, we kind of, that just gets glossed over, too. You know, think about it. How, I mean, this, and I've said it before, and I got it from Politico of all places, that they do have property on the island seven miles adjacent to, um, you know, Epstein's Island. It's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of smoke, and where there's smoke, there's fire, you if know. The, if the media wanted to do their job. If there was an ounce of journalistic integrity out there. And ask any questions about this. 
if one of the moderators would like to push Joe Biden in the next two debates about this, there's certainly grounds to do it. They're very interested in the president's medical records, how he is, uh, if, he, if he's all together now. He's taking, um, he's, I, I saw people say he couldn't even pass a drug test that he wanted everybody to take now because he's on steroids and he's on, uh, he's on performance enhancing drugs now. But yet they have no interest in asking Joe Biden about any of this. But the same people now are all up in arms about the president. They have no interest in doing their job. They just want to pull them across the finish line. That's all they want to do. And they hope that you're going to let them get away with it. And they hope to be able to uh, steal the election. Oh, my God. The fact that we're talking about this much corruption with an election, the third world nation that we've become, this overthrow... This communist insurrection, it's horrifying. 29 days. 29 days, it's all on the line. Everything. If they get all three, if they get all three. Live from Studio 6B. We'll do some sports when we get back. Wrap it up for a good Monday. Glad you're in on Real America's Voice. Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Monday. Glad you're in. It's time to do sports. And here with that is uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D. Well, just one more pro rodeo results. Um, this is the gold buckle knockout in Stoneham, Colorado. This was last Wednesday, September 30th. Uh, bareback riding finals. Richmond champion on the Survey Brothers Ain't No Angel and Tim O'Connell on the Survey Brothers William Wallace. Both tied for 90 and a half points. That was a $1,921 payout. And saddle bronc riding. Uh, the finals was won by Chase Brooks. 90 and a half points on the Survey Brothers Womanizer. $2,196 was the payout. Um, NFL, Monday Night Football, first game of the doubleheader. Chiefs are up 26 to 10, a little less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Looks like that game is all but over. Mahomes 19 to 29, 235 yards and two touchdowns as he continues his march as possibly a, uh, a an MVP season for him. Um, and Major League Baseball, Petco Park, San Diego, game one, New York Yankees, Tampa Ray, Rays, four to three in the fifth inning, top of the fifth. Looks like a really good close game. And then the uh, second of the doubleheader of Monday Night Football, Packers lead the Falcons 7 nothing with about eight minutes to go in the second quarter. A um, couple of NFL highlights. I can't obviously go through them all, uh, but um, Buffalo Bills have now gone to 4-0 and as they beat the Raiders 30-23 to yesterday. They're really looking good. Uh, Eagles over the 49ers in a really uh, thrilling game there, 25-20. to uh, They actually take 
the NFC East lead with a record of one win, two losses, and one tie. <laughs> NFC least, as opposed to the East, as the Dallas Cowboys, they just like really just didn't show up yesterday. They lost 49 to 38. They gave up 508 yards of offense, 307 yards of rushing, just totally crushed the Cowboys. But you got to say, take your hat off to Tom Brady with five touchdown passes yesterday against the San Diego Chargers, who are a decent team, not as good as they were in the last few years. But, you know, Tom Brady, 369 yards. He's got something going on down there in Tampa. They lead the NFC South right now at a record of 3-1. and one. Mr. Nolan, you were right about Tom Brady. Father Time hasn't caught up with him just yet. Yeah, well, he's gelling with that offense at this point. And he gets Godwin back and... You know, there's depth everywhere in the skill positions. That defense flies to the football. They're looking good, looking good. Um, And PGA 2021 uh, Sanderson Farms Championship. PGA scores, they called it the 2021. They're jumping ahead a little bit. But that was at the Country Club of Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, on a par 72. The winner was Sergio Garcia. He shot a four-day 19-under for a 269 total. And in second place was Peter Malnati. He finished second, just one one stroke behind. So some good golf. 19 under big day. Not bad. Um, Sounds and, like a uh, good weekend for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and one golf. more. Uh, Hitting through more. the windmill, that is. I know everybody. Listen, I'm just reporting. I know everybody's favorite, the NBA Finals. Pretty soon uh, that'll be all wrapped up. Uh, last night, uh, the Game 3, the uh, Miami Heat came back. They won 115-104. Jimmy Butler had a 40-point triple-double as the Heat uh, took that game. And um, tomorrow night will be, if anybody cares, probably not any too many, uh, Game 4, 9 o'clock. Uh, Gio's going to blow me up. That's a wrap in sports, Big just so you know, I could have sworn when, when uh, Rick was preparing, he slipped Gio a few bucks. Yeah. No more explosions. No yeah, might have to get there and, and thank you for all the love on Facebook. I got a lot of he must have. Uh, I called yeah. for it twice, and he somehow he made it through. Yeah, now we get it. We were busy. Okay. <laughs> busy what? Sleeping? <laughs> Watching other shows? No, it's hard to sleep when you keep talking so loud. <laughs> What'd you say, friend? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Hey, can you um, play the crazy town again? Can you go back and give us the uh, people were asking before? I've got. Okay, so we'll go back to that one. But I got one more. Uh, whatever one we haven't played yet, G. So as I told you, the Democrats are very much now uh, saying, well, we can't, Amy Coney Barrett's got to get pushed off because this is to the highest court in the land and we can't do this remotely. Remotely? We cannot do this remotely. So let me, uh, let me remind you here, uh, Crazy Town, G, roll that. Yes, do our job, but do it in a sensible and thoughtful way. Senator Portman and I are exploring possibilities for remote voting by members of the Senate. And if we can't come back for a long time, I think we should explore, as Senator Klobuchar and Durbin and Wyden and Warner are doing, a way to vote remotely only in an emergency situation. Why is it required that we be physically present on the floor closer to one another than perhaps we should be at this moment of a public health crisis? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Yes, um, and also thank you for being willing to do a hybrid hearing like we're seeing today. Uh, Senator Blunt and I and the Rules Face Committee worked hard to get this done. Yeah. Senator Portman and I on a bipartisan basis are trying to find a way to achieve this goal yes. and still to protect the integrity of the voting process in the United States Senate. Sure. Yes, it is new. Yes, it is different. He really is little. Yes, it reflects the 21st century and dick. reflects a challenge the likes of which we've never seen. Yeah. 
and I'm glad that we are seeing uh, centers there as well as uh, remotely, so thank you. Yes. Tomorrow that challenge may be another public health crisis, some other national emergency, or maybe even a terrorist attack. Mm. Shouldn't we be ready yes. to make sure the Senate can still do its business? <laughs> well, yes, so... Well, little dick there doesn't feel like that anymore. Oh. Now, uh, little dick doesn't want to do that. Now he says uh, we have to postpone all this Amy Coney Barrett stuff. We can't, we can't, uh, we can't do what they just advocated for. All three of them <laughs> are now against it. It's stunning. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like they forget that we have them on video. Well, that's what's nice to have Google uh, washing all of your history. Try to find some of the old video of, of Bill Gates and some of the psychotic things he says. He's been, they've scrubbed the internet for him. Uh, do you know what, speaking of that, Paul, do you know what Twitter's been scrubbing? Do you remember the, the clip that we played? Uh, I think you played it in one of your new segments of Joe Biden saying the reason that we were able to um, is because some because some African or some black woman was stuffing was the stocking uh, the shelf, yeah, stocking, stocking the, the shelf. You can't find that anymore. It's gone. I know. It had a, it had two or three million views on Twitter. The account that posted it is now is, is suspended. Oh, I, I I saw it earlier today. I I can still find it. I think. Well, they're actively going to anybody going who has that and though. getting rid of it. Oh, I mean, I we've all seen it. I mean, I have it somewhere. I played on the show. But to, to Paul's point, and I told you about Levin saying Facebook's targeting him. I mean, they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna turn out the full force of the um, all these social media platforms. They're gonna actively, actively try to uh, help the outcome of the election as we get closer. I mean, the deep state is desperate. They've thrown everything at them. Everything. What's next? Seriously, what's next? Can you just another? There's got to be something else up their sleeves besides the you know. Mail-in voting scam. All right, G, 126. The audience asked for it one more time, so we'll give it to them. Um, we were talking about the debates, and we feel like now we know why Joe Biden did better, we think, than he should have <laughs> in the uh, first debate. Roll that. Sorry. <laughs> My question for both of you is, based on what you have... All right, Joe. If you were paying attention, you'll know this question's about COVID-19. Uh, you know all the statistics, 200,000 dead. Uh, just keep keep talking. Don't let him interrupt you. Um, if you get tripped up or anything, we're going to be talking in your ear. Anything you hear from this point on will be repeated out loud. Good luck. Good luck. No! Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you got to hope that uh, he's going to need some good luck for the second one. All right, we'll have the vice presidential one on Wednesday. We'll be here for it. The whole whole thing. Uh, As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the audience. Hopefully John Solomon tomorrow night, live from Studio 6B, 8 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice. We'll see you then.